Hi, welcome to episode... Ugh. What are we at? Six? Episode six of the Questionable Show. Uh, back here with an episode primarily based on answering your questions in the question thread that I posted on Wednesday. So we've got a lot of good questions. I'm going to mostly go through there, kind of extrapolate on any of my own thoughts that I have going on. Uh, just kind of in general, the snapshot of the league at the moment and uh, my place inside of that. Uh, we have just recapped the final game of the regular season for the ISFL. That was on Friday. Uh, and the final standings are in for that, which has... Uh, of course, Colorado, Sarasota, and Chicago. Chicago really snuck in there. I wasn't paying too much attention to them, but um, it is surprising to see Chicago in there, uh, but happy for them. Excited to see them play their best against Sarasota. And then Colorado as well in there. And then on the more surprising side in the ASFC, we have San Jose in number one, Orange County in number two, and in a weird 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 thing that the sim is doing uh new orleans is in at number three um kind of despite the fact that uh in the index at least it appears that they should be number three uh, that they should be uh, that arizona should be number three but it's new orleans that's going to be traveling to orange county to try and uh make it on to the conference championship so i am glad at least that uh we were able to lock up a spot in the playoffs we did that at the end of week 15 with our win against Honolulu, um, who was really close there at the end, um, but just had a uh, two-game losing streak to end off the season that really hamstrung them. Um, and those were two away games, so a really tough schedule there at the end. And uh, Austin essentially playing spoiler to Honolulu there at the very end of that. But um, yeah, so these are going to be the playoffs. Um, as far as my player, I'm excited about having, uh, I think, a, a, a pretty good season. I think rushing game as a whole was weirdly down this season. I think there was a lot of efforts after last season to really stop the run game. I haven't looked at what playbooks people are majority running. Um, I don't know if there was a lot more 3-4 or a lot of other... I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what it was. Maybe it was more teams bringing another linebacker down. Um not sure. Uh, but whatever it is, uh, I think especially the averages seem uh, a lot lower. Um, I believe who has the biggest average of running backs that had at least 200 carries? So that's going to be Marcella Tariki, who had a 4.6 yard average. And then Matthias Hanyadi, who had a 4.5 average. Um... Both of them are fairly high in volume, I would have to say. Uh, Hanyadi had the sixth most carries, and Tariki had the seventh. Um, but yeah, among the there was a lot of high volume running backs, and a lot of them had, you know, like Jamar Laxon having a 3.8 yard average. Daryl Williams for Baltimore had a 3.6 yard average. Um, a lot of pretty poor averages in general. Um, I was able to end with a 4.1 average, and thanks to my league-leading number of attempts, that also means I led in rushing yards at 1,233, um, and also led in rushing touchdowns with 12. 
So I'm really hopeful to score that uh, awards dots card. Um, it's going to be a tight competition. It's really going to depend on where GMs are feeling about the kind of meta of the award. I know historically there's been probably uh, more of a uh, bias against receiving yards for running backs, but I think the last couple of seasons has been maybe a little bit of a reversal for that. Um, I personally don't find receiving yards for running backs very compelling uh, as someone that participates in the awards committee, but just in general, if I'm thinking about awards, um, I think it's more important than we, that uh, the way we see it in the um, NFL today and in real life pro leagues. But when I look at the way that the sim works, and especially way the way that the um, that the forced kind of fatigue system in the sim works, where we know at this point that uh, a running back that um, has a certain amount of carries, there's different thresholds during the game, but there are certain statistics of that running back that will be decreased after they reach a certain number of carries in a game. Um, and the same thing happens for wide receivers. Additionally, I believe wide receivers are targeted less the more receptions they have further into the game. And so there's this kind of gaming the system that you get by playing a, a player at two positions, uh, essentially. So if you're playing a uh, running back at the um, the FL position, the, the kind of slot position in spread and shotgun, uh, which a lot of teams have done with their running backs, uh, and uh, if you look at the running backs that have the most receptions, it's mostly from there, or maybe I know some people have had running backs at tight end as well, um, in some more obvious receiving formations that they're using, or some more obvious passing formations. Um, and so the running back is able to hit a, a much higher level of efficiency than necessarily um, that running back is performing at, if that makes any sense. So because the running back isn't necessarily called on just to carry the ball. So like like if a running back is 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 tying their duties between running the ball and and receiving the ball, then that running back is performing at a higher capability a higher percentage of the time versus a running back like Nakamura who is called on primarily to run the ball and then his only receiving stats are really coming out of the backfield. Um as a check down receiver, as a running back. Um, so he is performing at a, at a more for fatigued rate uh, or, or with forced fatigued on at a higher rate uh, than some other running backs that might be spending a lot more time between um, rushing the ball and receiving the ball. And so those players are naturally going to have a much higher all-purpose yards or at least um, yards from scrimmage. Um, when we look at it, um, but I think that those I, those re those receiving numbers just really mean quite a bit less to me. So uh, yeah, um, I don't think those will be as important. I hope the the voters will see that way as well. But we'll just have to see. Um, it'll be up to them. I'm sure that I'll be nominated. I think the running back of the year nominees won't be too much of a fuss. Still trying to figure out some weird 
there is a weird rule situation um, with the, the rules on positional award eligibility. Um, just the, 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 the rules that were passed in S23 um, that we've used that have kind of um, tried to hammer the positional awards down more specifically to players that are just paying play in that position. I do wish that that included in those rules, uh, fullback and flex, so that that slot receiver are both included as, as flex positions. So your percentage of starts there count towards your starts at your main position. Um, and I just don't know if that should necessarily be the case, but um, uh, I think I think awards, I think GMs are afraid of of having that be more strict, and then having a flex a flex offensive player. Um, so players having more stricter rules on players that play just specific, specifically that position. And this was kind of all created in general um, around the tight end rules or, or around wanting to strict, get stricter around uh, tight end of the year and not just have these players that are playing purely at right wide receiver or whatever um, and are getting wide receiver numbers at reception or in receiving for those people to always get their awards. So, um, like if you look at James Angler, I'm sure that he's been spending a lot of his time as an outside wide receiver because he has 93 receptions for 1,381 yards. That's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, luckily, if he's is spending a majority of his time out there and is performing well as just a wide receiver, he will be eligible for wide receiver awards. So that's somebody I'll have to definitely look at. Um, and see their percentage of snaps, but um, I, I wish they would just generally be more strict with those. Um, I know FL is treated like it's a flex position, and that should just go over to whatever position you play the most time at, but it really is just a receiver position, and I don't know why we treat it as anything other than that, but um, yeah, so it's hard to say. Um, there's definitely quite a good chance that um, uh, Nakamura ends up getting passed up by somebody that has higher all-purpose yards. I believe there's two or three running backs that have higher all-purpose yards. Maybe it's just Mako. I'm not sure. Um, but we'll see about it. I don't make the vote. I'll leave it up to them. Um, they've already disappointed me before with the offensive breakout award, so I am just anticipating the worst right off the bat. So we will see. Um, other state of the league right now, looking at the DSFL, we have one last game on Monday during, uh, or before the ISFL wildcard games, we will have the last week of DSFL action. Currently, we are very tenuously in the, hopefully in the, um, second rank position in the, in, in our conference, so... It's mostly a situation of win and get in. I'm not exactly sure what happens if us and Kansas City, who's tied with us, uh, if, if both of us lose. I'm not sure exactly what the situation is, but um, either way, uh, I believe in London. Um, London could still fall out of the playoffs, I believe, if Kansas City and Portland both win. Um, so they'll be hoping to at least beat Kansas City. And then I believe if Portland wins, we're... Well, yeah, if, if Portland wins, then we're 7-7 seven and seven over Kansas City's 6-8, and, and eight, so... 
Looks like that'll be about it. Um, who's Minnesota playing? Minnesota's going to Myrtle Beach, so I'm not sure how the number one overall pick will play out because Minnesota and Dallas both have the same record. Dallas is traveling, or Dallas is hosting Portland at home. So if I had to write my way, then it would probably be Portland winning, which would mean Minnesota are pretty likely to get the number one overall pick, but we'll see. Um, I, yeah. Me getting my way has certainly not been the story of this season. Um, but yeah. It's been a rough season in Portland. Um, I am still really happy with this season in Portland. With this being my last season as a GM here, um, which I've recently announced. Um, and having... Having... Um, uh, Ari Southpaw and uh, Terrible, or sorry, who, Furious Panda. I almost mixed him up with Terrible Hippo, but uh, Furious Panda. Uh, both of those guys will be stepping in to take over for me and Kaneko. Um, but yeah, it's been a good season. Um, it is, I'm ready to step down. Um, it's been a stressful season and I've got some changes in my life coming up, but um, I'm really happy with the S25 draft we have. We brought in a lot of lot of really really great um talented people um and i am super excited to see what um they can do in the future um I'm super excited to see what uh this team will be uh next season super excited to see what panda and south come up with um and uh where they can lead this team forward um, I was really lucky also this season to find Southpaw coming on to the trade block in the DSFL. He was with Kansas City, um, was not, um, didn't want to stay there, um, and was looking for more opportunities to, um, to play with friends or to find a leadership position and knowing a little bit about him and kind of having tracked him since he came to the league with S24. I was super interested right off the bat, and um, yeah, so I had a long discussion with him before trading him and bringing him in, um, and now he's going to replace me at GM, so he is a really great guy, and I have full confidence in him and his co-GM going forward. Um, but a really great draft class, um, even if I didn't have either of those guys, I probably would have been fine grabbing a couple of GMs just from the S25 class. That I'm sure would do a really good job. I there's a couple people there that I'm sure will be taking over Portland before too long, or maybe to even taking over an ISFL team before too too long. Um, we've definitely seen it happen, um, and we have a couple of guys in here that are super great and super motivated. Um, and even the guys that aren't like the cream of the crop, kind of oh this guy's going to take over GM. Um, the more casual players are really really fun and have been really really great. Um, and we did a really, really good job of stockpiling a lot of picks for S25 and executing on those, uh, executing on the vast majority of those to really improve our team, uh, to becoming one of the best teams in the DSVL easily. Um, it's been kind of a rough road, um, but if, <laughs> if the season went more in accordance to uh, averages and sim testing odds uh, definitely would be a lot better season but it has been truly something of a historically unlucky season for Portland um, 
which is just um, the way the cookie cookie crumbles at some points. So um, unfortunately, we've been two and five at home. We've been lucky. We've been unlucky in a crazy amount, and yet at the same time, we've been lucky to have a good road record, being four and two on the road. Um, but yeah, if we had average luck on road uh, on the road, and like average luck at home, I'm sure this team very easily could be more like eight and five right now. Um, very very good team. Uh, this the results really over the last few weeks have not uh, indicated that. Um, we took three straight losses despite being Simod favorites um, at Minnesota, home to Kansas City, and home to Myrtle Beach. Those were, man. Last Tuesday was a very rough day for me. I felt very sick after those games. It was just a super, super crushing kind of day. Um, I don't like double headers, honestly. Um, at least if I just like lose a game pretty badly in the ISFL or on a single week in the DSFL, it's like, ah, oh, that was one game and it fucking sucked. And at least I'll forget mostly about it by the time the sim comes to fuck me again. So. Well, here we are, uh, 17 and a half minutes into the podcast. I think I've gone fairly well over the state of the league and the state of myself in the league so far. So let's go ahead and dive straight into the questions. Uh, JPAC, uh, fellow S22, Maestro, um, jumped in first. Thank you for the question. He said, what Discord hype squad house are you in? Which is something that I had to look up and try and understand. Um, and I still don't understand what the purpose of this is. Um, because I've gone into my settings and, like, joined hype squad. Um, and I, I don't know what that even means. What have I committed to? JPEG, have you introduced me to a cult? Because I generally would like to know that beforehand. Um, I've had bad experiences joining a cult and not knowing too much about it beforehand, so... Um, I would appreciate knowing about it before. Either way, uh, I took the little quiz. It was like five questions, and they were weird questions, and didn't seem to be great at indicating any kind of personality. I don't know. Personality tells, tests themselves are already um, not something I would trust terribly well. But anyways, I ended up with uh, the House of Brilliance. And I'm not sure what that says about me or it says about anything or if it does anything mean hitherto, therefore. But thank you for the question, JPEG, um, and I hope you're doing well. Questions next come from Tesla. Uh, lovely to see questions from Tesla. I don't think I've gotten questions from Tesla in a minute, so uh, lovely to see Tesla stop in. Um, the mandatory time-appropriate greeting is uh, appreciated and returned in kind. Uh, and Tesla's question, first question is, favorite expansion team mascot? Um, and I'd have to definitely say Silverbacks. I like... I, 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 I think there was somebody in a PT or in a comment somewhere that was saying something about... Um, silverbacks or gorillas in general being boring as a mascot which i founded which i found was in my opinion largely an unfounded opinion i don't know um i don't feel like i see like really any monkey or gorilla or ape based 
mascots, usually, which I quite like. Um, and despite the, um, the confusion with color and color palette and team colors, uh, that's apparent in uh, New York's logo design, and despite the fact that I'm really, um, I really don't care for the fact that we've added uh, a New York team in this expansion. Um, I think overall the artwork and the uh, stylization in the Gorilla looks really good on the New York logo, and I think Silverbacks is a really cool and great um, Sim League mascot, so I definitely would have to go with that. Um, despite Berlin being the far and away better location. Um, but yes, Silverbacks. Question two from Tesla. On a scale of Ben Stein's voice to a chorus of cheerleaders, how happy are you that you've been protected? Um, it's, not, it's not at either extreme, I would say. I am excited. I'm happy to have merited a protection from Orange County, especially when I consider what was left on the table um, with Corey's player and um, Teddy and Rapid, uh, LGM, a few other people. With those people going unprotected, um, you know, I think it was definitely necessary uh, when we look at what's behind Nakamura in the running back category, especially when we're transitioning to a new quarterback next season. I think it was absolutely necessary. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still, I think I'm still on the fence uh, on whether or not um, OCO is going to be kind of my uh, team for Nakamura's whole career. Um, so we'll definitely see. Uh, I'm definitely excited to play at least another couple of seasons with the Otters. Um, I would love to get an Ultimus with this team before I even really considered moving on. Um, and even then, you know, OC has been really great to me, and I've had a really good time uh, in Orange County. So um, let's call it a. Um, I need the middle ticks on this scale because there's just the two extremes. Let's say, uh, let's say a fist bump, a fist pump, like a, like a quiet fist pump. That's that's my excitement level. Uh, question three from Tesla: Would you say the Week Four win at Kansas City was Portland's best win of the season? If so, why? And if not, why not? Looking quickly at the schedule here. Um, the away at Kansas City game was pretty good, um, but our odds weren't really terrible in that matchup. Um, uh, so that was a that was one of our higher percentage away games. Um, so maybe not necessarily our best win. It definitely when you're looking at like what's your best win of the season, it's got to be like an away game that you win because it's very rare that you'll be favored in an away game. Um, even in the whole time I've been at Portland, it's only ever happened once or twice. Um, then again, Portland hasn't been that great during my time. Uh, it's been a little bit of a rebuild period that I've been here. But um, uh, I'd probably have to say at Tijuana at this point. Um, that was uh, Thursday's game. So that was the game the day after actually day after Tesla posted those questions. So I would definitely have to say the Tijuana win. Um, 
Tijuana is definitely a very good team. We've had a few great away uh, wins. Shout out to uh, week two at London. London's a good team. Um, and week eight at Norfolk, they're a really solid team. Um, but yeah, definitely week uh, week 13 at Tijuana, knocking them from nine and three down to nine and four. Um, it's very possible that they don't even end up with the number one seed now. I think uh, I think Norfolk potentially has a play, a play on it. But uh, great performance from Sam Howitzer, who had a, a four-touchdown performance, um, really kind of cementing why he deserves the MVP this season. Um, and uh, just good performances all around. Rushing game was generally a bit lackluster, but that's been the whole season, and I haven't really understood why. But... Um, say lovey there um yeah really good performances down the line offensive line did good our big uh, beefy buster balls did great um we had a waiver pickup rookie come in to play center for us and he did a good job um so yeah definitely week uh, week 13 was probably the biggest win of the season for portland uh, question four from Tesla is how thankful are you for your reliable kicker in Portland? I'm super thankful for the reliable veteran talent that Portland has down the board. If I um, go to pull up the tracker here and look at some of the older players we have, uh, Pseudo QB has been wonderful. They have like three or four points of experience now that has really helped them in the sim. Um, and led to their knock on wood perfect season uh, when it comes to field goals. So we're going to be looking to preserve that um, at Dallas and uh, hopefully send pseudo QB off the roster with a nice, uh, wonderful uh, kicker of the year award. He's already won one. I think that'll be his second in his DSFL career if he wins this season. And then um, some more great uh, veteran talent helping out the team. Um, Nick Marksman, who's one of our other S22 players, uh, who's been steadily building and building up their tight end. Uh, and we played them at receiver a lot early in the season. We have them back down at tight end at this point. Um, but they've been a really solid performer that I've uh, really appreciated. And we also had uh, CJPJD uh, pop up out of nowhere this offseason and um, decide to give the league another crack. Um, I'm not sure. It's been about a month since I've last seen them, so I'm not sure nearly as much um, if they will be coming back uh, for longer and their player won't be eligible to continue playing on the DSFL. Uh, so hopefully they come back around and maybe recreate um, uh, they're at about 126, but either way, they've been our, uh, best second receiver this season. Um, and while Corbin Brown has been definitely taking the vast majority of the snaps, um, and the, and the, uh, targets at wide receiver, um, outside of our two tight ends who have been taking quite a few, uh, targets, um, it's been nice to have, uh, Cal on the team. And then, uh, of course, a bevy of great S24 players, um, our great punter. It's super nice to have two kicker punters. God, I love having two kicker punters. Um, 
Blago is much more invested in kick power, and we play them at punter. Um, Pseudo QB is much more invested in uh, kick accuracy, and we play them at kicker. And um, those have really um, been great for our team. Um, I think we have a really great punt average. Uh, Blago, I think, should definitely be a finalist, if not the winner, for punter of the year. Um, Pseudo QB, I believe, is kind of the assumptive kicker of the year winner at this point. Um, so it's been really lovely. And then bringing in, in even more um, veteran talent in trading for the linebacker Brock Tom, uh, Thomas Lacker, and then, of course, having our MVP quarterback to lead the team this season. So um, we didn't retain a lot of our S24 people this season, but uh, the people that stayed around have been a huge help. Um, I'd be remiss to not mention Joel Drake um, having Russ Van around for another season as well, being a huge help. So, yes, so lovely, great job from uh, the team, and great job from the veterans, including the best kicker in the DSL right now. So, great job to everybody, and so thankful for, I don't know, I don't know why so many, there's a couple of DSL teams um, that pretty consistently, I think, don't really target kickers. Um... Hell, even Kansas City, I don't think... Maybe Kansas City has two kickers, just like us. Two kickers is the way to go, man. Talk to them early and be like, Hey, you... Do you want to do you want to kick more or do you want to punt more? Go heavy on accuracy or go heavy on power. And then just have two of those guys there. It's lovely. Um, fortunately, it's not super sustainable for DSL teams because... Um, uh, there's not that many ISFL spots open, so um, a max kicker is going to be able to do both of those things equally, or just about equally. Um, I think there's like a 5 TPE cap difference between the different archety archetypes. Um, but yeah, don't want to get too into the weeds on kickers, because I'm sure I could talk about that for a while. Um, love, our, love our kickers in the league. Um, question 5 from Tesla. Uh, she asks, when will OCO finally not be good? Will it be in my lifetime? I was scared this season. We had a really long, bad stretch of away games. Um, the vast majority of our games in the, the early half of the season were away games. And it did not put us in a great place. And we've just barely squeaked into this, the, the two seed, it feels like, here. Um, and I don't know if that's representative of the talent necessarily that we have. But um, yeah, I think we're looking to be better next season hopefully um future trunks and garfield despacito just be taking that extra step up um i think we could definitely do with a better rb2 situation um which could definitely be helpful i think a lot of our problems definitely have been more so on defense or on offense um would love to get another human o-line in uh, as should we retain Doug if, if not um, grabbing two human O-line um, yeah so we'll be definitely looking at that um, when will OCO finally not be good um, yeah as long as I have a say in it not ever so I do not want I do not want to be an Otters player on the team that's like the first Otters team to miss the playoffs so that would be a big oof. Question six from Tesla is, uh, so Clay Stallworth, I believe it's Clay. Hmm. 
Anyway, Stallworth is just about a lock for Offensive Line of the Year, but do you think that that player will have a shot at any of the other awards? Let me double check exactly where this performance is at, because uh, it's quite good. 67 pancakes, uh, two sacks allowed. Um, which is great. Um, I wish he could, uh, I wish I could just knock off about 20 of those and give my boy, uh, Chuck Roth, um, the leg up there, but, um, he's doing really well in second place at, uh, 50 pancakes, but, um, Stallworth just has such a crazy lead. Um, it's hard to say on awards, honestly, it's very hard to get up and vote for an offensive line just because the numbers i mean the rest of the offensive performers are performing in yards majority it's yards and touchdowns that's pretty much what you're looking at and i think that's why quarterbacks get a, get um prioritized a lot of the time but anyways that's mostly what you're looking at and so for awards like offensive player of the year and even like mvp when you mix in defensive players um it's hard to measure other stats against that. Um, so it's going to be hard to say. Um, I would have to say right now, I think Sam Howitzer gets MVP. I think one of the receivers, maybe Howlett or Corbin Brown, gets um, Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, I don't think any of the running backs had especially... Louis. Um, Zoe Watts had quite a good performance, um, especially with eight touchdowns and a 4.8 average. So, I uh, could see her getting, um, offensive player of the year. Yeah, it'll probably between, be between Watts, Howlett, and, um, Corbin Brown, if I had to say. That's, that's about what it looks like. Um, some great averages in the DSFL. 5, 4.8, 5.1, 5.3. Hmm. Um, would love to know how they're pulling that out, because for whatever reason, that's not happening here in Portland. I don't know what it is about Portland right now, but just the running game just does not get moving. Um, unlucky. Whatever. Um, yeah, Stallworth, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to say. Um, they're gonna somebody's gonna need to like write a media piece that like spoon feeds GMs on like here's how we compare these numbers and like what means what for but yeah it's just gonna be hard to say like we have last year where we had in the ice fell where we had much better defensive performances probably overall than we had offensive performances and it was like a landslide Hanyadi MVP win so like Hard to say. It's probably going to be offense for MVP, and uh, offense is probably going to be more traditional positions that we can uh, measure more easily than offensive line, which is just hard to mentally um, think about. Um, what's his average? That's what I'm curious about. Maybe that's a more compelling argument. 67 divided by 13 is 5.1, which is good is a good average uh five pancakes a game is great um and is why he's probably approaching a pretty historic season um i'm not sure what exactly the record is in the dsfl but i'm sure he's approaching it so um 
I look forward to seeing what the argument is for it. I don't think I'll be, and I, don't, I think it'll be South probably voting, but um, we'll see. Um, kind of approaching the uh, question that I was asking, or the, 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 the conversation I was having earlier about um, the awards. Tesla's seventh question is, when you win running back of the year, how are you going to celebrate? Um, which, if I win running back of the year, I will celebrate by letting go of the constant anxiety I have about if I will win um, running back of the year. So, yeah, that, that'll be the celebration I do. And then I will probably wait and see if there's an, like some kind of awards event for... Um, like, oh, these cards were released. Maybe there's a, a slightly increased um, boost on there. Because I've been saving up a lot of dots packs. And I'll have even more by then. So, we'll see. I'd love to get I'd love to get um, some kind of awards or ultimus. Uh, just some more special Nakamura card. Because I'm not a fan of his base card, really. Um, so, looking forward to seeing something like that. Uh... It'll be hard to find, in my experience, uh, a more unique um, and a compelling picture of my render. Kind of wish I'd picked something different, but um, I'm pretty attached to it at this point. So, um, looking forward to seeing how that kind of pans out. But mostly, I'm just gonna not be as anxious about it as I am right now. So, eighth question from Tesla is the following: Do you eat blue cheese on your bagel? Does anyone you know eat blue cheese on their bagel? Here's the thing, I don't really eat bagels. I don't really... This is a weird thing to say, but I don't know if I get bagels. I don't know, I feel like every time I have a bagel, it's just like, this bread is too dense. I don't want this bread to be this dense. Um, I'd love something nicer and fluffier. Um, yeah, if I want a breakfast bread or something, I don't know, I just don't necessarily think I want a bagel. Uh, and I definitely don't just, I, I don't know, I have a hard time with blue cheese in general. Not usually a thing that I uh, will go for. Um, just because a lot of commercial blue cheeses, especially I feel, are just kind of grainy and um, not not great. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a no. I don't know, I don't really know anybody that eats bagels really that much. I don't know. I don't think bagels are a big thing in kind of the middle of the country. I think that's more of like an East Coast thing, maybe. Are bagels the thing in general? I don't know. Who cares about bagels? Bagels are just, I don't know, America, America in general needs to get better about its bread. But, um, yeah, I feel like in general if I have a bagel it's like butter or peanut butter. That's usually about it. Um, question 9 from Tesla. How many questions is too many questions? Um, uh, 12, probably. Let's say 12, because you gave me 11 questions. Um, question 10 from Tesla. Fourth and goal at the two-yard line. What run would you prefer? Eh, I think I'll just punt it instead. Um, question 11 from Tesla. What is a fun fact about you that most people do not know? Um, I, 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 I said it on, Silfren on the Silfreni show, um, but I don't know if people know it, but, um, Tatsu Nakamura, my player's name, is a composite of, um, two different names in my family so um it's not uh it's not it's not necessarily um i feel like a lot of the japanese player names i see in the league are always like anime girls um which like don't get me wrong i love but um yeah i think uh 
that's going to be my fun fact, is that um, Tatsu Nakamura is uh, the combination of different names in my family. Um, especially, I think that's important today. Um, Nakamura is my uh, grandmother's family name, uh, and she, uh, this today is, um, or is, or would be her birthday, so. Um, love you, Grandma Nakamura. Um, thank you for your time. I hope these questions find you well, and the recording is an enjoyable one for you. Thank you very much, Tesla. We are 40 minutes in, and I'm not terribly out of breath, or um, my mouth isn't too dry, so I think we're doing great. Uh, thank you so much again for your questions, Tesla. Uh, on to ARCs, another one of our... Uh, speaking of the great S25 rookies in Portland, here's one of them. Uh, definitely be looking out for ARCs for Dan Foster to go early, early, early in uh, your mock drafts when you're doing that PT. So definitely, definitely make sure you're putting him uh, at least in that top 14. Probably should be looking at the early half of the first round. Um was was bonkers that we were able to get him at nine overall in the DSL draft. So, first question from Arcs is why does the sim hate Portland? This was right after that terrible, terrible Tuesday um, that I was speaking of earlier. Man, I don't know. This season has probably been a pretty I don't know. Just a two and five record is at home for what is a, a truly a, a good team by all uh, measurements on paper um, is pretty. Um, pretty damning for this sim. It just, man. If I wasn't sure that I was going to retire before this season, I'd be pretty, pretty damn certain that I definitely want to do it at the end of this season. Um, question two from Arcs. How, uh, how have you been able to dodge people calling you a weeb for having an anime-like player name? Uh, well, that goes back to what I answered for Tesla. I think it's probably because it's just... Names from my family um, that I went and yoinked. Um, yeah, because um, it's not an anime. I mean, I still love anime. Let's not let's not let's not um, let's not write off a whole great uh, art form. Like it's just like try it out. Um, you don't have to watch like um, a bunch of etchy stuff. Just like. I don't know. If you're a sports fan, if you're a sports fan, watch Haikyuu. H-A-I-K-Y-U-U. It's a, it's a volleyball anime, and it's it's just, it's fantastic. Um, I think it really speaks to the kind of, um, the narratives of uh, sports fans, or the, the same narratives that sports fans love, and it's just, it's a great, um, great time. Um, I know some people hate the dub of it, but I quite enjoy the dub of it. I generally watch anime and dub. That's fine. Let's not argue about it. That's just how I do it. Um, and it's definitely more accessible for people like me that, um, I don't know, I guess don't like subtitles. Maybe that's just it. But, um, yeah. So that's probably it. Just because it's not a, it's not an anime name. It's just, uh, a family name. Um... Question three from Arcs. Biggest secret to running a DSFL team. Uh, the biggest secret to running a DSFL team is to know when to give up. This is probably more relevant to sim testing. Um, I know there's a there's definitely like a 
for early players or people just getting into the sim testing it's like oh man i just gotta i don't know um yeah i think i think biggest secret or the secrets it would be no one to give up and build a good team um not just like your dsl team but like build a good team build a good war room um Portland had a really underdeveloped war room when I came in, and it's been a lot of um, a lot of work that I focused on to make sure that that um, that war room is as robust and talented as possible. Um, because sim testing by yourself, or going into scouting, or anything else by yourself, is um, super draining and not fun. Um, and having a lot more help, having other people to bounce things off of in sim testing and scouting and whatever, having people that you trust and that you can discuss these things with, um, makes it so much better for the team, makes it better for you as an individual. Um, so those are my two secrets, um, to know for any of, cause there's a lot of new GMs right now. So if any of them are, are it's, it's just... Build up a good team and rely on that team and work with that team as much as you can and uh, no one to stop because um, just sim testing ad nauseum, like sim testing in the end doesn't, it's not going to move the, the needle tear up like a lot, not too much. And even in the end, you'll, you'll just, you're just going to lose a shit ton of matches if you stay in the DSFL for too long or even in the ISFL, you're just going to lose a, just so many matches that you shouldn't. And that's just how the sim works, just because it's a dice roll. And that's, yeah. If our if our team was purely based on coin flips, then you'd lose, you'd lose uh, about half of the time. But um, that's never guaranteed. Um, we're running on like a D one million, and um, you're hoping it doesn't land on the three hundred thousand results that are not in your favor. But um, it's a high probability there will. Uh, question four from Arcs to get away from uh, um, what I <laughs> to get away from my de more depressing parts of the league. Uh, to number four, question from Arcs. Uh, question uh, or uh, Arcs is asking, what's one reform you wish HO would make? Um, I think they're the obvious like quality of life stuff that I think are really really important. Um, I'm still waiting on that kind of follow through of like the promise of the new site is like, um, you know, like automated updating tools, like better banking tools. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I really, really think this league needs more than anything. Um, uh, any other really, really reforms? I don't know. I think the biggest thing I would have is to change the way that money works in the league. Um, but that's a huge reform, um, and I don't think it's necessarily something that the league in general would be on board with, so it's hard to say that that's... But if I had to say one thing, it'd be change the way that money works. I have a .5 episode, I believe it's episode 4.5 of the... Um, of the questionable show that you can find in my profile on the forums or on the uh, podcast uh, website on um, uh, podcast page on Spotify or something um, that has those episodes. Those are like Ultimus Week episodes that I make. Um, so there'll be another 0.5 episode coming out soon um, that I won't necessarily post on podcasts. Um, but yeah, I think I go through my whole idea about like how to reform money and make um make that system, I think, better. Um, 
but that's probably what it'd be. And it, I mean, that took me like an hour to talk through, so I'm not going to do it now. Um, five, are you switching to QB now that Armstrong is retiring? No, I'm not. Um, I don't think a lot of people kept track of the trades terribly much. Um, I don't, I don't know how many people really know that we have, um, Suleiman Ramza coming up, uh, to Orange County next season. But yeah, he's going to be at, I think he's over 700 TP at this point. Um, he's going to be taking over and I'm excited to see what he can do on the team and how the, uh, how we're going to game plan around him and, um, how he's going to perform. Uh, S22 quarterbacks have been doing pretty well this season. Um, Skywalker and uh, Slothwestberger and the Jacks, I think, have all been performing pretty well. And so I think our S22 quarterback uh, coming in with their rookie season next year definitely um, could be a favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, which is, Offensive Rookie in general is, is kind of a broke, broken award, but... Um, I don't know, it's just hard, uh, like, um, that true rookies are competing with, um, people that might, uh, have way more TP than them, but, um, that is how it is. Uh, thank you, Arcs, for the questions. I'm gonna move on to Katarn's questions. Uh, Katarn, uh, another S25 guy who plays for London, um, unfortunately, um, London grabbed a couple of great players in the first couple rounds of the DSFL draft that I wish they just hadn't. Um, they could have just left to us or just traded to us in general. Um, but either way, uh, great questions for Gitarn. Uh, what's an award that uh, doesn't currently exist but should? I went on this earlier. Um, I definitely think, uh, like, practically the award that should exist but doesn't is flex, uh, like, flex offensive player. Um, or offensive flex player of the year, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think we should be more strict on positional uh, rules to make sure that that like the people that are getting positional awards are players that exceed at playing that position and not players that play that position that exceed at doing that plus other things um, because they're just playing other positions. Um, and I know people are either people going to disagree with me because they disagree with that, and they think that like multifaceted players should be recognized, and that's fine. I think multifaceted players should be recognized as flex players because that's what they're doing. They're flexing around the field, playing different positions. You have people, players that are playing tight end and receiver. You have players that are playing running back and receiver. Um, you have Dexter Banks who's playing quarterback and running back apparently. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think um, we should have more strict guidelines and have a flex award. I know there's some people that are like, oh, flex award, that's just like to recognize players that weren't good enough to like win their position awards, but that's not what it is. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like players that, um, I think I think if I was to make it strict, it would probably include like players like Kanyati from last year or Ayers for, from this season. Um, and those players have had really great performances and should be recognized, but I don't necessarily think that those players were the best at playing, like, the running back position. Um, Nakamura outpaced Tanyadi in almost all of the rushing categories, um, and yet, um, yeah, I don't know. Just because Nakamura is not a player that's asked to flex and is just asked to be an absolute workhorse, um... I, th I don't know. I think there should be a separation there. 
Um, and I know that might just get dismissed as, uh, as something that's biased, but that's just what I think is honestly truly best um, for recognizing players, um, even if I didn't necessarily benefit from it. Um, next question from Katarn. Favorite pizza topping? Um, I love a good chicken pizza. I don't know. Like, uh, like, uh, like just kind of a... I don't always like tomato sauce. I feel like tomato sauce is just something very um, acidic to me, to my, uh, not necessarily to my palate, but to like my stomach sometimes. Um, I don't always get along with a lot having a lot of red sauce. Um, so I love a good like um, like garlicky sauce or like more of like a white sauce or maybe a, a barbecue or buffalo sauce, like chicken pizza. I think that's really lovely. Um, or maybe even some, you know, bacon's a great uh, pizza topping, I think. Um, I think pepperoni would be an S-tier pizza topping if, like, pizzas generally had, like, good pepperoni. You know when you, like, look at, like, a proper, like, New York slice or just, like, a great um, oven, like a, like, a brick oven slice, and they use, like, good pepperoni that's, like, thick cut, and so you get these, like, greasy, thick cups of meat. That's what I want. That's what I want on a pizza. But uh, unfortunately, you're just gonna get like paper-thin pepperoni slices, which are not as good. Um, so yeah, that's great. Uh, next question from Guitarin: As an S25 rookie getting ready to head for the ISL draft, what's the best advice you can offer? Slash, what is something you wish you knew? Um, what's important? So there's two different directions you can go in this. Um, and there's like, what's going to get me drafted the highest and, um, what's going to get me to the best place possible. So if you want to get drafted highest, which I know is a goal for a lot of people, I think there's, um, if you look at the people that are being drafted the highest, it's players that are at a, that are at a maximum or basically maximum, um, level of earning. I think that's kind of an inherent have to have to be drafted uh, near the very top. Uh, and then I think you have to bring in extra X factors. Um, being a really high quality um, player in your locker room, um, which there's a lot of, and I know Katarn definitely is one if you're looking for for, for um, an example of that. If you're a different ISO, or a S25 rookie, Katarn is a great person. Tarn, if you're looking for an example, Arx is wonderful <laughs> as well. Um, also, Arx is just a great example for anybody. Um, there's a lot of players like that. Tarn, Arx. Um, Ziegle's another one I love in Portland. I'm trying to think of other players. Asked, Ma asked, asked Madden and um, I think Rotsboa um, in, in, uh, in Dallas are two people that I've heard a lot about um, being great um, locker room culture guys. That's, I think that's a must um, to be drafted high. People that um, may, you know, like like people that are just genuinely nice and lovely and great for their team and like, uh, you know, are, are really trying to improve and, and, and have a positive outlook on the league. They're going to fit into any locker room, room culture. Um, if you're like super edgy, you're only going to fit into some locker room cultures as much. Um, if you're kind of like a big personality, like a Zamir, you're not necessarily going to fit into that many locker room cultures. Um, um, 
and that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing, I don't think. But that's just not um, if your if your goal is to be drafted high, be a chill, cool person. Um, bringing in another X, uh, X factor as far as um, Silfreni had a really great podcast, and he was you know great, great, great for London and bringing. Um, a lot of stuff as a war room person there and somebody that quickly took over as a GM in London. Um, those kind of things are a great X factor. Um, players like um, Istegosaurus that are putting out a lot of really, really high quality, uh, like Istegosaurus or, or Mag uh, is another great example of this, that are putting out a lot of stuff out into the ethos that's just kind of um, on, uh, raising our understanding of the sim and of uh, like the... the um, how we interact with it. Um, that stuff is going to be a huge boost to your draft stock. Um, yeah, but if you're looking to go number one, you got to have some kind of X factor like that from what I can see. Um, if you're looking to find the right team, uh, if you're looking to find the right team for you, I think it's all about um, utilizing your scouting interviews and um, recognizing that that is a way for you to scout that team as well um and so pay, paying a lot of attention this is this is more the path that i took in general paying a lot more attention to the teams in general and who you vibe with and who you think is good and would have a, a good opening for you um i posted a draft destinations article for my player um before the draft that i think was really helpful for me not only um to put it into writing and consider my own thoughts about what teams I would want to go to, but also to communicate with those teams. That's the other kind of coin flip of the coin is like, um, if you think there are destinations that you would be good in, communicate that either in DMS or just blast in the media article. Like I guess I did. Um, cause I put up orange County near the very top and, uh, talking to them more privately was more clear about, you know, I love orange County. I'd love to come play for orange County. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a great memory of um, being in, I think it was in the Honolulu locker room with other, a bunch of other S22 and just other people around the league and um, seeing everybody freak out because kind of the general consensus was like, Accurate Skyline has to be the first, like, like Gucci is, is ahead in earnings, so that player might get taken first. Um, but then after that, like, the best of the true rookies is definitely Skyline. It's definitely Skyline. And I love Skyline. He's done a great job with this player. Um, but I knew just during that round where this was like, this is the perfect place for running backs to go. Um, I knew after my conversations with Orange County and I, um, yeah. So I was pretty confident that I was like, this is the right place. Um, they were confident in me. I was confident in them. And, uh, it's been a really great, uh, relationship there. And I've had a lot of great opportunities to, uh, just have the, the best start for my player's career that I could, um, think of so that's been great um uh yeah so those are i think i think it's just deciding if you want to focus more on getting drafted higher you want to focus more on finding just the right team for you um and that's all about communication either way jeffy uh is next thank you katarn for your questions jesse or jeffy just has one quick question what's your favorite dots card um yeah looking through the dots card lots of great um Generally, I'm not a huge fan of the base cards. Um, I don't think it's necessarily just... Um, 
the drafts the draft six in general i think are a little bit hit hit and miss um especially some of the logo placement but um i don't care too much about that um i, I think in general they're pretty good um i'm really not a fan of of mind for my player and so that's definitely a detraction but i think in general um those are really good and um i wouldn't want um it would be it would be a disaster for dots to try and have to create those all on their own um so I'm glad that they found a way to get all these cards to us for every player that's ever played in the DSFL, or sorry, in the NSFL and ISFL, um, and get those out there. Um, I think that's um, that's all I could ask for. Um, but I think it's generally the borders on the base cards that I don't really care for too much. Um, the kind of bronze, gold, red, blue, whatever those effects are on the border, um, those look really, I don't know, off-putting. Um, they don't really blend with the kind of general language of the card in general, and they don't really, um, they kind of, um, take me out of the idea that these are, you know, real, like, playing cards, or, like, real, uh, trading cards, rather. So, I don't know, I don't know what it is about the borders, um, just that maybe they're these kind of, like, um, drop in and, uh, or drag and drop kind of textures. I don't know, um, wish they were a bit more, um, incorporated and a little bit more... Uh, had a little bit more invariance to make it look more like an effect on the card. Don't know. Um, the awards cards are quite good. Um, the I think I, I was listening to Dotscast. I think that in general the kind of consensus was awards cards were people's favorite in general. Um, and I think the um, the player art and the kind of art, the kind of stylistic uh, of most of the card is really really top notch. Um, and really, really great. And I think um, the uh, the the card creators that uh, worked on those did a really great job. Uh, I think it, what's keeping awards from being number one for me is definitely the text. Um, something about the different text um, and the different fonts used, and the different textiles used, and the different um, lighting effects on some of the text. Um, I find look. Um, they look kind of cheap to me. Um, I don't know. Um, that's just my my perception of it. I love that it, so many people are really really enjoying those awards cards, but those text the text on there I think it's just looks a little uh, tacky. I think is the right word. Um, but that's that's just my criticism. Overall, they're great cards. Um, I think the cards that really put all of like the text and the effects and the the card background and the the player render and the blending with everything all together um, is definitely the Ultimus cards and the Hall of Fame cards, and of those two, I, the Ultimus cards are super clean. Those look great. Those look like a great, um, the kind of white silver kind of look to them. Excellent, um, and I think it works really well with uh, Yellow Knife, kind of those colors. Um, if you're listening to this podcast pretty recently after it released, um, should be a um, Ultimus dots event going on. You should definitely go uh grab some packs and rip those open um to try and uh to uh get one of those ultimus cards which are on a boosted drop rate right now uh i'm trying to save up a bunch of packs right now just for my own interests so i won't i I don't think i'll be participating in that but you should definitely check those out but the hall of fame ones with all the kind of weathering effects um and the kind of old school um i don't know just everything about those i love uh and they're really really great uh, and I would love to get a Hall of Fame Nakamura card someday, but we will see. <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, thank you for the quick question, Jeffy. Uh, and uh, congrats again on being the new OCOGM. It's been great working with you so far. 
Uh, next question is coming from Crody Man. Got another S25 boy dropping in. Um, guy that's been doing a really great job. We weren't looking at linebackers early, but if we were, definitely a guy that would have been uh, much more on the radar early on. Um, and if I'd known more about what our RB or our LB linebacker situation would be later on, maybe somebody I would have targeted earlier. But um, great guy. Look for this guy to go pretty early as well. Um, Cordy Man just has one quick question. What has been your favorite career highlight moment slash game? Um, career highlight moment for Nakamura is either making the playoffs for the first time with the Pythons. Um, we went from like three and must have been like three and eleven or something. Uh, the S twenty Pythons and the S twenty one Pythons were eight and six, I think. So it was a huge jump up, and the same kind of thing we're almost doing with the Pythons this season. Um, definitely the same kind of jump in talent again. Ooh. Yeah, um, that would be have to have to be a great early highlight. Um, I really, really want to say my ultimate appearance in S22. My first season in the league, I'm with Orange County. We make it all the way to the Ultimus. Um, but goddamn if that uh, game wasn't depressing in the end. Uh, wonderful, wonderful game for, I'm sure, everybody else except for uh, the Otters players to watch. Um, but what a roller coaster and what a... What a terrible game from our perspective. That was really frustrating. Um, I don't know. Um, I had a really great game last season. That's what I remember. Just thinking off the top of my head. I don't know if I can find it. Just right off the bat here. Um, but there was a game... And it was a game I think I got poached super hard on. I'm going to try and see really quick if I can find it. I think it's this. Maybe? What's the rushing overs look like? It's not that one. We gate against Sarasota, maybe? That's not it, Chief. Chicago? It's probably the Chicago game, if we're going to be honest. But it's not. Nope. As much as Chicago were not that great last season. Ooh, this is the game. This is the game. It's uh, week 12, S23. Outlaws at Otters. Final score was 19 to 31. Um, and yeah, this is the game that I got poached super hard. Um, we have three or four different red zone appearances where uh, especially Nakamura performing incredibly well got us down there um but then franklin armstrong ran the ball three times in the red zone three times for touchdowns uh and nakamura ended up with zero touchdowns on the game but he did have 19 attempts for 129 yards it was a 6.8 average uh, and it resulted in what i believe is my career longest run in the isfl which is a 43 uh yard long rush so that was a really great game that's definitely a career highlight i had a really really incredible run in um in the dsfl at some point man tatsunaka more on the portland pythons what a what a great dude um 
yeah, wow. That season we had a lot more rushing too. Um, I don't think there's any, I think there might be one running back. I think Captain Rogers maybe is just barely over 1,200 yards. Um, I think I was the third or fourth best running back that season. And I had over 12, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, that was so ridiculous. Acura Skyline had a 1,761 rushing yards that season. Um, man, that is cracked. Yeah, definitely has been a down few seasons for, for rushing in general. Um, but yeah, I had a, I had a really, really long run at some point, uh, in my DSFL career. And that was a super cool thing to witness. Um, I think those kind of runs are always really, really cool. Um, I think it was like a, like a big, big, important run too for the team. Like, I think it turned the tide for the, for the game. Was that the run? Um, there was a game against the Luchadors where I had a 70-yard touchdown run, which turned the uh, game in our favor. I think that might have been it. What was my longest run on the season? Yeah, it was that 70-yard run. So, yeah, that was my crazy long touchdown. It was um, week four in S21 in the DSFL. So, uh, thanks, Grey Man, for the... For, uh, letting me run down memory lane for a while. Um, yeah, it's been a good it's been a good career for Nakamura in the DSFL and the ISFL so far, and uh, looking forward for more. Just I, I think those long runs in general. I don't see a lot of long plays that aren't just like passes where like there's a weird cornerback blitz. Um, so it's like gotta really love those long run plays. Um, I wish we could see like interception returns and kickoff returns, because I think those would look really cool in the sim, but um, just not what they give us. But um, yeah, thanks again for the question, Crody Man, and um, looking forward to see how you do in the draft here. Questions from Valor. He leaves a, leaves a quick a few questions. Gonna take a quick swig before cracking in here as we cross over I think an hour and ten mark now yeah cool I could just talk forever can I um, question one from Valor uh, should we cancel 2020 I mean yes it's just uh, I mean if we could just like if cancel culture really could just go as far to do us all a solid and cancel 2020 I would love that um, just really has shown how smooth brain our world is right now. Just really, um, really some dense schools. Um, and um, yeah, it's been a depressing year, man. It is really, really has been. It's not just like the pandemic, man. It's like, it's like, um, so uh, the pandemic has just focused it. Like there, there's nothing we can do, but look at like, look at what we've done to the planet and we still are doing or like, Look at um, how far we've let democracy fall. Um, yeah. This is not going to be a hard political turn in the podcast, but m man, if it's not just um, everybody needing to take a hard, long look at um, what we as a human community have been doing. Let's cancel 20. Yes, that's the answer. <laughs> Question two from Valor. You're offered a vanilla Coke. Will you drink it? 100%. I love soda in general. That's my downfall just as a human. Um, 
so that I like soda too much and that I just want to pump that sugar water straight into my veins. Um, vanilla Coke, I don't know if that's the best. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers, because I think they've decirculated at this point. Anybody remember Coca-Cola Life? That was a big thing, uh, like, a, like maybe five years ago that they were trying to push. I think it was using, like, real sugar, but it was, like, a better, like, balance of, like, I don't know, whatever it was. Um, I don't drink Coke that much because I, th I find it has a really, um, I don't, I don't know if people experience the same thing, but, like, you drink Coke and it makes your, makes your teeth feel kind of chalky. I don't know, it's just, like, kind of general, um, like, weird effect that it has in my mouth after I drink it. Um, but Coca-Cola Life was super, super smooth and just, like, great to drink. I miss Coca-Cola Life. If anybody has some Coca-Cola Life, I'll give you my address. You can ship it to me. Um, question three from Valor: Are you considering joining PBE? No, that's the that's the that's the quick answer. Um, I think I would potentially, especially after I step down from being a GM, and um, I think eventually I'll kind of ease myself out of really doing much of any kind of front office or behind the scenes kind of work. Um, I think it would be cool and good to join another sim league. Um, one that I'm looking at is like SCSFL or maybe like CFU, uh, the other, the, the casual football one and the, the, um, MMA one, um, SBA looks quality. Um, it looks, looks like a good league, but it looks like a crap ton of work and I don't want that. Um, I would love to join an affiliate league, but I'm just not a fan of hockey and not a fan of baseball definitely not a fan of baseball in general and just don't i don't think i'd enjoy it so uh, i just don't really enjoy the sports so not something i'd be looking forward to um but if we had an affiliate basketball league that could be interesting um basketball is probably the sport uh, the um the sport i enjoy general the most after um football but maybe mma as well that's why that's in consideration as well but um yeah um, question four for Valor. Favorite hobby outside of the league? Favorite hobby? Um, um, uh, probably D&D. &D, um, or just hobby gaming in general. Um, hobby tabletop gaming. Um, love a good board game. Um, especially when you're getting into more interesting titles than just Life and Monopoly. Um, gotta love a good game, classic game of Catan. Or just like something great like uh, Terraforming Mars or... Uh, uh, I love a good game of Pandemic. That's a great cooperative game that um, uh, I don't want to play all the time, but when you break it out, just a great time. Um, just a lot of great gaming experience to be had in general. Loving my D&D campaign that I'm in right now. That's a great experience. Um, so yeah, that's probably my favorite hobby or hobbies. Uh, question five from Valor. Thoughts on New York and Berlin? Um, New York has a great mascot. Uh, and I hate where they are. Berlin, I love where they are, and I don't like their mascot. Uh, Fire Salamanders, I love the idea of. Just kind of a reptilian mascot in general. Um, I think is great. Um, but I have to say that just, it really, really, when you say Berlin Fire Salamanders, it really does just f collapse all over in your mouth. Just not a good thing to say. Not an interesting or fun thing to say. But I love Berlin. Um, 
maybe would have gone personally myself for something a little bit more interesting like a Vienna or even just like a Frankfurt uh, or a Hamburg um, but yeah Berlin's great um, New York I, I really just dislike these kind of arguments that are like the league has to have a New York team like that that's like I don't know I don't think I just I think sim football is a great opportunity to think about and and represent uh, the kinds of sports experiences that we want to have that the that just watching the NFL or college football or the XFL or whatever doesn't give us and so when we just or just like sports leagues in general so when we just like give New York another football team who gives a crap like I don't, it just doesn't it doesn't do anything cool or interesting and it's just not anything that I care for um, so yeah um, definitely would have w wished for something more interesting that could um, shine light on and represent and um, bring that cool new aspect to another uh, part of the world especially i i have a, an article on this that you if you haven't re read you should look on my profile and read it's a really cool um i did a lot of work on that article to think more about um, um considering expansion locations that both have significance and meaning to football as a sport and also just are cool and um have have cool branding opportunities um, and so I consider places like Vienna, Austria has the second most, um, championships in the European Football League, um, uh, outside of just Germany. Germany also a place I consider because they lead in that category and have been kind of a hub for European football in general. Um, Tokyo, I think, is bizarre that we don't have a team already, and if I wanted to make an expansion franchise, it would 100% be the Tokyo Guardians, um, being like a kind of mecha... Uh, branding um, but Tokyo has the X League um, which is a, a wonderful long-standing league of uh, professional Japanese football um, American football yeah it's great um, and I think it would be great to shine a light and represent that area I think it'd be great to represent um, the way that football is spreading in South America in places like Brazil or in Oceania in places like Australia New Zealand um, yeah I don't know when I look at all these really great, cool, interesting new opportunities, it's just incredibly disappointing to see New York pop up as an expansion branding that HO decided, um, and these uh, expansion GMs decided to um, decided to manifest in the league. So, um, just um, unfortunate. Uh, even though I like their branding just in general so much. Um, and I wouldn't be bad if they were one of like the original teams, um, but just at this point is such a, um, I think, a, just an unfortunate choice in my opinion. Uh, question six from Valor: Who do you expect to be taking an expansion? Nice try. Question seven. <laughs> yeah, just question six. I don't really want to. I don't really want to talk too much about that and kind of tip the hand of things going on in the uh, front office and in Orange County. Uh, question seven, how would you redraft the S23 class? I have that class pulled up. Let's look at the first round. Greedy Sly, I think, would still go number one. He's Colorado's GM at this point, so that makes sense that they took him that high. Uh, Tyler Montaigne, I think, is a 
Um, he's he's been traded from Baltimore at this point, so maybe if anything, I would just be Baltimore and and say, hey, how about <laughs> if if I had the hindsight and the ability to do it, I'd have Baltimore trade out and let. Um, I would say let Austin trade up, but they're not even close to the first round. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Baltimore goes with somebody new. Um, DBJ to case, kiss would be a great pick. Um, grabbing Hot Dog at number two, especially since they have a pretty big hole at safety at this point. So if I had more uh, foresight to do that, that would be a great pickup. Um, I think uh, Honolulu, I think it really enjoyed Kakapu, so I don't think I redraft that too much. Um, AZ maybe picks up... Um, God, they still need a safety. I'm not sure how well uh, Anne Hamlet and um, McCringleberry have done. Or not McCringleberry, Smoothie have done so far. Alcott and Smoothie. I'm not sure how they've looked here now that we're at this point. I don't know. They pick up a safety of some kind or maybe a cornerback. Um, Philadelphia, Tyker Ohm. Pretty sure he's still done quite well for them. I do not know. I do not know. I do not know. Maybe if I, I maybe this is. I think. I think. A, I think a redraft in general is um, something that I think deserves more of its own attention and its own article. In general, things I didn't like about the S23 draft. Um, I didn't like the corner, the cornerbacks going into the draft. And I think they've uh, proven since then that they haven't really performed up to the same level. Um, so it's hard for those teams that definitely were really needy at cornerback. Um, but I think those players would draft draft more if we or drop a lot more if we redrafted. Um, I don't know how well that player has done for Colorado. Have they done particularly well? Who knows? People that have more time to research this stuff. Persimmon. How's this Persimmon doing? Hey, it's 427 as an O line. You know, that's great. Um, I, <laughs> I didn't see that Voiceless Creator has switched to offensive line. But uh, good for Mo, I guess. What are they doing? What is Colorado doing on their defensive line in general? I don't know. What's going on? They've got to be dropping, like, Gabagool down to defensive end or something. Anyways. Whatever. Not my problem. Um, in general, I think uh, cornerbacks were taken way too high. I think uh, wide receivers were taken way too high. There were just so, so many quality wide receivers, and I did this in my mock draft, but I, uh, I, just, I think it was kind of ridiculous that... Um, GMs kind of forced themselves to, uh, like, just made the kind of unforced decision to, to draft uh, wide receivers really high. Just, um, eh, not, not, not something I would have done myself. Um, and if I, you know, kind of had the ability to just say, hey, fellow GMs, let's cool our tits and, like, not, uh, not worry about, um, like, drafting wide receivers super super quickly i think they could have uh, performed better in the draft um let's look at any steals deep let's 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 go down here a little bit and see who's hanging out in these later rounds um i mean it'd be better to know 
would be better to know who's performing really well if I actually knew who's performing really well with these players. Um, has Stein been doing well for Sarasota, San Jose? That's, uh, I think they called him up this season. He's at like 520, what a good job. They grabbed him in like the fifth round. Hey, that's nice. Um, yeah, after that, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if I've kept enough good track of uh, what's going on with some of these players now. Um, who's Rigby Raccoon? What's that player? What's, what's his deal? What's his, uh, forget what his username is. That's the, that's the question that I'm actually asking here. Diesel. He's great. I've had some good reaction or interactions with him recently. I think he'd go higher. Um, yeah, hard to say. Um, would definitely spend more time on that if that was something I was interested in maybe writing up. Where are we at? How's the podcast going? 100, not a hundred. Uh, we are an hour and 24 minutes into the, into the podcast. Thank you, Valor, for your questions. Uh, Saba has decided to do this to me. Uh, Saba has drafted every one of his questions from the, the, the Python podcast, um, from the original Python podcast, uh, thread, which, um, Saba asked a ridiculous number of questions in, and, uh, we did, um, end up cutting all of his questions because they weren't re incredibly relevant for what we wanted to talk about. So, let's run through Saba's questions, um, super quickly here. Remember, these are questions from before S23. Yeah, the Python podcast got kind of delayed. It's up right now if you want to listen to it. Oh, that's where Conoco and I announced our, um retirements as GMs and um, talked about a bunch of other stuff and uh, it was a good show I think um, so uh, questions from Saba why should we have rebanded the Sabaton Donuts uh, because Sabaton is in a real place and I don't think we should have brandings uh, in in uh, fictional places there's too many cool interesting places on earth that we could represent I don't think we need to represent fictional places but why should we have uh, because Sub is the president, I guess. That's why. Uh, how many awards will Joe win? Um, I don't know. Maybe he'll win Rookie of the Year in the ISFL. Uh, uh, but um, Portland's running game is is uh, is destined to be mediocre at best. So maybe not that one. Um, who will perform better, our defense or our offense? Uh, if you're talking about S23, neither. They both didn't do very well. If you're talking about S24... Um, I think it's technically our offense. We've been a really great scoring team, but I think in general it's been our defense and special teams that have put us in really good positions. So everybody's performing better. That's what I'll say. Uh, question is this question, and it's not really a question, but uh, Saba says, can I get sent down, please? Nope, not, it's against the rules. You can retire though. Uh, you can always do that. Um, uh, next from Saba, predict the standings and playoffs real quick. Hmm. It's hard to say. So for the ISFL this season, I'd probably have to say I think I think San Jose gets the first spot. Uh, and then I think it's probably Orange County, and then I think it's really close between Arizona and New Orleans. But I think it's uh, I think New Orleans gets the third spot in the playoffs for the ASFC. And the NFC SC, I'd have to say maybe Colorado. Then uh, I think a couple of surprises. So like Sarasota and then Chicago. Yeah. So if I had a guess on the playoffs, that'd be about it. Um, if I were to make a realistic guess on who will 
win in the playoffs, I think Orange County will beat New Orleans, Sarasota will beat Chicago. Um, I think Orange County will have a really great chance of beating San Jose, and I'm going to predict that that's going to happen because that's what I want to happen. And much in the same way, I think Sarasota is due for, I don't know, I think Colorado especially is due for a, a, a weird, wonky, stupid game where they lose to Sarasota. So I want to pick, I want to predict an Orange County at Sarasota Sailfish uh, Ultimus. And uh, I mean, since this is my predictions, I get to say that the Orange County wins. And you can't fight me. Next question from Saba. Predict this. Uh, I already did that one. Why does KCC stuck? suck? Um, I don't know. It's just kind of inherent to their nature. Uh, can I get a custom blue roll? Done. Uh, you get your president roll at this point, so that's blue. And it's great. I even let you pick the color yourself, so you can't argue about it. Uh, next question from Saba. If the entire Portland locker room were put onto an island, who would make it out alive? Pick two people each from current players and alumni. Um... I'm gonna say it's South and Zegel for current players. Uh, I think they've got a. I think I think they're crafty together. Uh, I think they they pull it off. It's either them or it's Honky Tonk and Angelo. Um, I think it could be them of current players. Uh, as far as alums, it's probably. I, I think it's I think it's gonna be a weird situation. Where it's, like, um, it's a weird situation in like a weird horror movie where like. Or a zombie movie where two people that are that are that should be opposed and are like mortal enemies are together and are fighting through it together. So I'm gonna say it's like um, they're not really mortal enemies, but I feel like they clash in general if put in this situation. So I think it's gotta be like Zamir and Valor, or like Zamir and Jiggly. I think that's it. I think that's the answer. Um, I don't know if they clash that, but they're just two very very strong personalities. Um, I don't know. Maybe make it a rom-com. That'd be great. <laughs> um, who is the best trash talker on the Pythons? Current players only. Um, we don't really trash talk that much. Um, we kind of state facts and people get mad about it. Um, so that's just unfortunate for them. Uh, I think it's, uh, Mark Hamill, uh, Liz Boyle on the team, had a lot of spicier tweets early on, um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't keep track of the Twitter, which is where I feel like you see most of the trash talk. Um, maybe it's Zeagle. I don't know. I feel like I see some of his tweets more often. I don't know. It's one of them. Uh, next question: What would the person above be able to beat Zamir in a trash talk off? Who's above? Valor. Ooh, maybe. Um, maybe Valor's trash talk would be more self-depreciating, so Zamir would win though. Um, next question from Saba. Which Pythons player is most likely to be a part of the Mafia? Probably more... Probably question because Saba wants to play so much Mafia. I think it's Arcs. I think it's the unex, un, unsuspecting one. Um, I'm going to say it's Arcs. I don't know why, but that's just my instinct. Um, and Saba's last question. Why are you taking so long to, to record? Oh, if Saba knew when he even asked this question that it would be months after. Um... But hey, uh, in the in terms of where we are now, it, it took me three days to record because I was waiting for the weekend, and that's it. That's the last of Saba's questions. Saba, your questions have all been answered. Please don't complain about this again. Python podcast has been delivered. Uh, I'm so glad to be over some of these memes, man.
I feel like I feel like my my, my tenure has only been a couple of seasons, but I feel like I have uh, led uh, not only I think a really good rebuild in Portland, but a, a much a memed kind of reign in Portland, uh, just of myself. Uh, and of the team in general. Um, I think some people are still taking a while to realize um, that Portland uh, didn't just YOLO the draft by drafting three tight ends, that we actually did a really amazing job of approaching the draft and picking up uh, users first that were going to be really amazing for the team and finding a way to fit them in um, on the roster. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, LP and uh, Arcs are having a great time with their new positions. Uh, they both seem to be from all things that I've heard, even if um, some of the performance numbers aren't exactly where we'd want them to be. But yeah, looking forward to the future. Going to record another show before too long. Want to take another look, probably after Ultimus and after Awards, maybe even. Um, maybe kind of recap the end of the season and the end of awards um, cry about myself not getting the awards and not getting the ultimus um this is my um just what i'm expecting at this point because i just don't want to be disappointed but um yeah bum, bum, bum. that is the last of my questions i will see everybody um, or, I mean, I, I guess I don't see... I will be back with another episode of The Questionable Show. There will be a point epi .5 episode for um, Ultimus Week, and then there will be another full episode uh, to recap the end of the season, to recap awards, and to look forward towards the draft and towards uh, S26. And uh, until then, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed, and stay questionable. Stay questionable.